0: is the gate, and constricted is the way that leads to life, and few are those who find it. If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his soul life shall lose it, but whoever loses his soul life for my sake shall find it. Matthew seven fourteen and 16, 24 through 25. This week, we conclude the series titled Living the Kingdom Life Throughout Our Human Life with further speaking by Brother Ron Kangas regarding the kingdom life as seen in the Gospel of Matthew. This meeting was held in August of 2014 in Anaheim, California. A link to the full audio can be found in the episode notes. and this is followed by Matthew 7, 13 and 14. The narrow gate and the constricted way and the constriction is inward. It's by the ruling of the divine life. And this is a word to believers, not to unbelievers, to disciples. The broad way that leads to destruction is not the unbelievers taking the broad way It is believers taking the broad way of the free range of choices. Whatever God will allow you to do. What he will permit you to do. And he'll permit you to do a lot. Because he won't force you. But we made a decision, many of us. We will not take that way. We will enter the narrow gate. Of thorough consecration. And learn to walk the constricted way. Gets more and more constricted. As life goes on. I don't know any other way to live. I can't share anything else with you. I would be false. Then this is followed by. Matthew 7.21. Not everyone who says to me. Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of the heavens. But he who does the will of my Father who is in the heavens. At the end of Matthew 12, someone told the Lord, Your mother, your brother, and sisters are outside there seeking you. What did he say? Who is my mother? Who are my brothers and sisters? He who does the will of my Father. He is my brother and sister and mother. And that is the will of God in Ephesians 1. That's the will of God in Revelation 4:11. That is the will of God in Romans 12:2. God's will to produce and build up the body of Christ, to prepare the bride to be the kingdom. I don't know any other way to live. To spend your whole life. Then you meet the Lord. To say I let you do all these things. But you didn't do the will of my father. You're lawless. You lived a lawless life. I don't want to hear that from the Lord. Oh just to hear him say. By total dependence on me. You just did my will. So we can pray, Lord, whatever your will is for me, whatever it is, may it be done. I sign the check right now. You fill in what it is. I choose to live this way. Then in Matthew ten, thirty six through 37. Another very high requirement. The Lord's word is crystal clear. He who loves father or mother. Son or daughter. More than me. Is not worthy of me. Then he talks about losing your soul life. He didn't say you don't love your father and mother. You don't love son and daughter. Not more than me. So when the children come. Sisters. Of course, you're a young mother. You're learning to be a mother. The natural has to come before the spiritual. Will you ever allow the Lord to touch your natural love? Will he ever have access to it? Some by culture. They may be 35. They still can't make an independent human decision. They think... No, my parents have to agree. They don't want me to serve full-time. They don't want me to marry a full-timer. I have to honor my parents. They're confused. What about this verse? I love my parents with the love of God until the end, but not more than the Lord. I love my daughter and my two sons but not more than the Lord. And even my daughter shepherded her dad one day. She said, Dad, don't protect me. Don't protect me. If the Lord ordains certain sufferings for me, don't protect me. Because that's a way of protecting myself. And she suffered very much. And she gained very much. And she knows, and I know she knows, I love her, but not more than the Lord. This love is absolute. Then, a very different matter, but the failure to live out this matter has cost many saints their church life. And that's the failure to forgive. To forgive. The two main reasons people have left in a negative way is unfulfilled ambition and unforgiven offenses. When we came to the Lord for salvation... Our sins were forgiven in totality by the Lord's mercy and grace. But in living the kingdom life in the church, God's forgiveness is conditional. And one of the conditions is we forgive others first. The Lord made that very clear in Matthew 18. You forgive your brother from your heart. And certain verses indicate. You can't say, well, he never came to me and apologized and shed tears. The Lord said, you forgive him. If you have an offense, you forgive him. This is your responsibility. Some saints never apologize. I know one dear brother, he's with the Lord now. I don't know how many he damaged, stumbled. Even a brother, no longer in the recovery, wrote a loving letter to him and said, brother, is there anything you would like to clear up? You knew he was dying. So many of us interacted with this person. But in relation to the Lord, our requirement. His requirement is, forgive him. I can say, he owes me nothing. There's no debt. Even I pray, Lord, forget all of his offenses. Don't ever bring them up. Don't hold them against him. This is part of the kingdom life. Then there's just a couple more points. I think we're going to be okay. We'll be finished in about 12 minutes. I think. Matthew 24. You have an illustration of rapture. Two women, what are they doing? They're both grinding. I think it's quite boring. Routine, household chores, again and again and again. Much of our daily life is just boring, mediocre, repetitious. But the verse doesn't say one was grinding, the other was pray reading. (laughs) They were both grinding. But one was taken and the other was left. Then two men are in the field, whatever the field is. They're welders. They're physicians. They manage a business. They're in the field working. And when did the rapture come? Not when they were in a meeting and not when they were PSRPing, Not when they were singing in their, with their vital group. Right in the midst of their boring human life. That's when the Lord decides to rapture. But why did he take one and not the other? Well, the Lord is not arbitrary. He doesn't go, take her, take her not, take her, take her (laughs) not. He's not arbitrary. There is something of an inward reality in one of these sisters that's not in the other. Because she is living the kingdom life in the midst of her ordinary chores. And maybe the soul, even the physical body, is kind of worn out with some of the chores. Nevertheless, deep within, the spirit is in contact with the Lord. She's one with the Lord. She lets the Lord grind in her grinding. The brother lets the Lord labor in his laboring. And so there's the response. I'm so thankful the Lord used that as an illustration. Because the vast majority of us are going to live an ordinary, largely boring human life from stage to stage until the end. We're going to have to change the oil on our car, Someone steals the license tag from my license plate. I have to go to the DMV. I can't say God men don't have to buy a replacement. No, I've got to get in line like anybody else. I've got to floss my teeth. I've got to go to the dentist for another crown. You know the, the dentist favorite hymn? Crown him with many crowns. Right? Probably lead to a root canal. Okay. This is human life. And the only legitimate exception is to those that are called full time. And that is full time. And so the Lord wants us to live a normal human life in its various stages and at the same time. Be living in the kingdom. And the final two points. Actually three. Okay. But they're closely related. Buying the oil. Buying the oil. What happens if we don't live to be raptured? I think you've got a much better chance than I do to be here when the Temple Mount is cleared and Israel signs the covenant with the European leader and the temple is built. And now you know the countdown is in effect three and a half years. But many of the saints will pass away. They want to have oil in their vessel. You want to pay the price to buy the oil. Then the next point related to it and that balances it, is you realize a talent has been given to you according to your ability. That's your God-created ability, developed by education, brought into resurrection. And so that's part of our responsibility, the practical functioning according to the God-ordained way. And now the last of these particular points is a matter that governs everything. And the Lord made it very clear. After he spoke of the church, Peter got the revelation from the Father concerning Christ. And the Lord said, I say also unto you, I will build my church. I'll give to you the keys of the kingdom. Then he spoke of his death and resurrection. The self rose up. And the satanic self was exposed. And the Lord said, if you want to follow me, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me, and not save your soul life. What does that mean to save your soul life? It is to refuse to pay the price of suffering in your soul that is required to do the will of the Father for his kingdom. God created us with taste buds. He wants us to have enjoyment. Paul says toward the end of First Timothy, God gives us all things to enjoy. But the fallen human beings live a utilitarian life, by which I mean To get the most pleasure and the least pain. But we pointed out Matthew is a book on paying the price. And at certain times we have no choice. But to lose our soul life. By being willing for the soul to suffer. So that we may carry out the will of God. And at the same time, the joy springs up from our spirit. So the Lord will help you realize <clears throat> you know when you need a break, you take the family to sea world, get ready for another pun. This one is really bad. So you can see God's eternal porpoise, okay <laughs> and sea <laughs> world. You go there, you're a dad, you're a mom, you're with the kids you have. Fun. You can't say, oh no. If I, if I go on a vacation with my family, if I go camping in Yosemite, I had this religious view. I had to be balanced by a brother. Take your family away for a week. And I realized I need to do this humanly. It builds up memories in them. So we spent a week in the best campsite. In the high country of Yosemite, go through Merced, follow the signs to the high country. When you get there, there'll be signs for Yosemite Creek. You just follow that road. If you're on the passenger side, don't look down. (laughs) Follow that road to the end. It will end by a lovely campsite by the river where I spent a week in a borrowed VW van with my kids. I wasn't saving my soul. I was being a human. I was being a God-man dad. But at other times, doing what I do along with other co-workers, we have to deny the soul. I once asked Brother Dick Taylor, I said, Dick, Do you ever feel before a trip? I just don't want to do this again. I don't want to go to LAX at midnight, take another 14-hour flight again. The soul doesn't want to do that. So, stomp on the soul a little bit and be one with the Lord. Now, the completing word. In Ephesians and in Colossians, Paul presents a just tremendous vision of Christ in the church. In Colossians, the highest revelation of the preeminent, all-inclusive, extensive Christ. In Ephesians, a heavenly vision of the body of Christ. Then in Ephesians 4 and, and in Colossians 3, he turns. And then in Ephesians 4, he says things like this. If you've, if you've been stealing, don't steal anymore, but get a job. Husbands, love your wives. Fathers, don't provoke your children. He says in Colossians, he says this to the husbands. He doesn't say it to the wives. Love your wives. Do not be bitter against them. Ooh, bitter? Yes, because, sorry, they can do galling things to you. They embarrass you. They humiliate you. They do all kinds of stuff that affects the self. Then you internalize it and it becomes bitter. How do I know? Because one day, 1971, I'm driving in the winter in Chicago, and the Spirit shines on me. You're bitter. You're bitter against your wife. And the cross pierced the bitterness, and it drained off, and I composed the song, Dig Away, Dig Away, Dig Away. Amen. So there's this very practical turn. If you're a boss, don't mistreat your employees, master slaves. You're an employee. You're a slave. Serve the Lord from the soul. Okay, That's where the balance comes in. But when some have asked for balance, I should have mentioned this earlier, I'm a little uneasy because the question never occurred to us. Never occurred. So that question about balance can have two sides to it. One is, I just want to be so even. I'm for Christ this much, and I'm for human things this much. I'm for the church this much, but I don't want to be too much. I don't want to be a fanatic. I'm for this. So parents can send dual messages to your children. You need to be saved. But really, do you need to go to the full-time training? That's a little bit too much. Or if you go to the full-time training, please don't serve full-time. Then they say, you've got to be practical, take care of your career, everything is balanced. I would say the synonym for that kind of balance is lukewarm. That's really balanced. But to be fair, the question concerning balance has another significance. What you're really asking is how do I work this whole thing out? I'm seeking the kingdom first. I'm consecrated to Christ and the church. How do I take care of my human responsibilities? That is precious. And that is necessary. So Paul makes this turn. But if some of us had written the epistles, we would have begun grace and peace to you. Husbands, love your wives. Get a job. Paul is impractical. He's a visionary. He presents the awesome revelation. Then he comes down to earth. Then you read the tea books. He's even more practical. This is what you do with young widows. They're gadding about from house to house. They should get married, have children, and keep house. I'm sure the feminists in the UC system will recoil at that. And he says, Titus... Tell the older women to train the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. And here's how you relate to an older man. And if you have a widow, this is how you take care of widows. And by the way, if you do not provide for your own household, you are worse than an unbeliever. So it's balanced after Matthew, not before. That's God's way. And then the final word for a couple minutes is this. I wish I could say more, but there's really no need. I suppose one of the basic life lessons I've been learning for the past 30 years is simply this. And I learned it through Brother Lee's ministry And especially by a prayer that's written in one of the messages. And his prayer was, Lord, supply me with today's portion of grace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with your spirit. There needs to come a time in your life when the Lord's word to Paul Becomes a word to you. Paul was suffering there. He wasn't a hero. He prayed for the thorn to be removed. No answer. Prayed again. No answer. Prayed the third time. And the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. All of these impossible requirements in Matthew. All the matters in our human life. And human life is a life of suffering. We bear witness. Before the Lord himself. That. Everywhere. In every situation. And that every time. His grace. Is. Sufficient. Just sufficient. Grace is the process and consummated triune God, being everything to you, giving everything to you, doing everything to you in the way of enjoyment. So outwardly, this may be going on. It's not pleasant in the soul, it's distressing, it's perplexing, might even be heartbreaking. This is human life. We're not an exception to it. I don't want to be an exception to the course of human life. I'm not going to buy all these anti-aging things. Let me age by the grace of God. I don't want to be peculiar to be uncommon in any way. I'm a common man in a certain proper sense. But my final word to you. And maybe the spirit will need some time to activate it. Nothing can exhaust the grace of our Lord. It's sufficient all the time. Everywhere. In every relationship. For every matter. For every kind of suffering. For any kind of loss. That's the final word that our God spoke to us the last word in the Bible, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. So I'm done. A little beyond what I anticipated for length, but I'm at peace. I hope you are. My conclusion is simple. Seek first the kingdom, love the Lord, Live a life of consecration and enjoy the all-sufficient grace of the triune God. Young adults, you're in a vital developmental period. May the Lord develop you spiritually, humanly, relationally, in every way. Then you will match those bearing the weight of responsibility And according to the prayer in our heart, you will surpass us and hopefully consummate the age. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. To hear the complete recording and other messages, please visit livingtohim.com. If you would like to receive regular updates from us, please subscribe to this podcast and join our mailing list on our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where our handle is at livingtohim.